Welcome back to Lights Out Podcast. This is episode seven. Um, and today we will be reviewing the eventful Monaco race of 2022. Um, it's just me and Danny tonight because Mackenzie is busy. <laughs> so um, we're yeah, all we're just, very, very busy people, guys. Very busy people. Um, so yeah, let's basically sum up what happened this weekend. Um, shall we start off with qualifying? That was eventful. Considering <laughs> neither of us saw it. <laughs> no, but well, I just I was at work and I just remember going on my phone at break and just seeing like a free car pile up and I was off. Oh, bloody hell, what has happened? <laughs> um oh, and do you know what's also so annoying, right? Obviously, the race actually got delayed for an hour, right? So mm. I finished work at half past two. So I was like, oh, like by the time I get home, it's gonna be three o'clock. I'm gonna like miss basically the first hour. I'll just watch it like on catch up. So I didn't go on my phone, nothing until mon- like Sunday evening. Start watching the highlights, and they're like, so an hour later than planned because of rain. So I could have watched the fucking race <laughs> if I'd known it had been delayed. I could have watched it live. So yeah. there's me being bored on Sunday, not being able to do anything, and I could have watched it. <laughs> I felt proper mugged off. Yeah. So obviously in qualifying. Um, do you know why that massive pile up happened? So yeah, basically, um, as Checo was going round the um the corner, he mm. um his wheels, I think they kind of locked up, so he kind of went spinning into the barrier. So he kind of went boop like that. Right. And they obviously were waving like the yellow flags and going like this. Yeah. And then um signs. Um, he kind of saw the yellow flags, but he also spun and just went bang into into Checo. And then Alonso yeah. had an own separate thing where he locked up and just kind of went straight into the into the barrier as well. But he wasn't with them. He was, I think, he was before the main sort of like famous chicane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's why they all ended up spinning about. Yeah. So. In the end, um, we had Leclerc, Sainz and Perez. They were on the, um... oh my God, what's the, the, top, the top three? The top three, let's <laughs> just say that. They're on the top three. I was about to say podium and I was like, it's really also quarter to nine, guys. <laughs> it's been a long day. It's quarter to Jeez. Okay, if we get these things wrong, then just bear with us. Um, yeah, so it was Leclerc, Sainz and Perez that were in the top three um, with Max Verstappen in fourth. Yeah, so Lando always does real well at Monaco. Monaco, at Monaco. Um, obviously last year he got the. I can't believe that was a year ago for a star. Because that was when they they first showed off the golf livery as well. I know. That was a year ago. And everyone was going, "Oh, I can't get any," and they sell it in the F one shop still in them. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then he rang his mom and everything. I can't believe that was a year ago. Mummy, mummy, I did a thing. <laughs> That's gone so quick. Bloody hell. Anyway, so yeah, obviously Lando didn't quite get um, a podium finish this time, but he still did really well in qualifying. And obviously because it was then raining, he is notoriously known for being good in wet races, apart from Russia. Won't talk about that. But um, any well, other races... qualifying, that... but we won't talk about that either. No. Oh, oh, yeah. No. Well, technically that wasn't his fault. Was it? Because they said it was too wet and they ignored them. So anyway, yeah, Spa qualifying, that broke my heart. So um, yeah, so he did very well. Um, and in the end of 
Oh, let me get out the fucking things. So at the end of the race, he dropped two places, which is still pretty decent considering all the stuff that happened. Um, so yeah, not a bad weekend for Lando. Not great for Ricardo, but I don't want to talk about that because I'll start crying. Um, but then when is it ever a good weekend for us anymore? Yeah. But... <sighs> Have you heard the rumours? Apparently there's rumours that Gasly wants to go to McLaren and Ricardo is going to get kicked out and all this stuff that Zach's been saying about Ricardo, yeah, like being really nasty about him. I know, I saw. Yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a sad situation because um, mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. like, it seems to be wherever Daniel Ricardo has gone, he's been let down by someone one way or another. Oh, do you know and, what? I don't even know if it's if they're letting him down. I think they're letting he's letting them down. Yeah, it is a hard situation to talk about because obviously, like he was great as a as a junior racer and he was great in Red Bull, and then when he left Red Bull to go to Renault, it just sort of went a bit downhill, really, didn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Anyway, let's not talk about that. That's a subject for another day. Uh, it's not great for uh, Ricardo, but uh, Norris did really well. And he actually got faster slap as well. So, he did, yeah, he did really, really well. Extra points. But I think so, we yeah. should talk about the, um, the extra, um, the cautiousness of the FIA over the weekend. Because mm. mm. Aaron and I were sitting there. And first of all, it didn't look that wet. No. And everyone was kind of like, why aren't we going racing sort of thing? Like, this is what we have, like, the wet tyres for and stuff like that. Mm. And I have to admit, it was sort of getting to the point where I could kind of see that it was a bit unsafe. Yeah. Especially after you come out the tunnel, because obviously what they were saying was the track is obviously going from wet to dry to wet again. Mm. So obviously they're having to be cautious on the wet. Then they're zooming through the tunnel and then if they sort of zoom and forget that it's wet outside, they're just going to kind of go sliding all over the place. Yeah. And then you get repeats of what happened in 1996, which um, obviously I never saw in person because neither <laughs> of us were alive. No. But I've watched it enough times. To Wait, are you talking it. about the Canadian Grand Prix? No. Yeah. No? Oh, the one in Monaco? Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I've watched it enough times to know it ain't good. No, I mean, finish would not have been fun at the weekend. I understand why they stopped at the beginning because when I watched it on the highlights, there was like literally streams of water, like you know that um chicane part where it goes down the hill. I don't know what the corner's called, but um when you you literally see like the the water was like a bloody river going down there, and like you said, like the wet tires are supposed to run on wet. So if you're going from a wet floor to under the bridge bit where it's dry. Um, and then back onto the wet again. I mean, I don't know the, the, the exact technical parts of it, but there could be some more tyre damage um, to that as well. And it wouldn't have been efficient for them to run on the wet. So I guess I understand why. But um, I mean, obviously, I didn't watch it live, so I don't know what the situation was. But um, yeah, I guess also because Monaco is obviously it's, it's, it's becoming harder and harder to race around it because the cars are getting bigger and the streets are still the same. So I understand why, because there's probably like lots of chances for people to spin out and, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, I, I guess an hour was probably enough. I don't think they should have delayed it any more than that, but at least we actually got to race and it wasn't like Spa last year. Mm. Yeah, no, it was, 
once it actually got going, it was a very, very good race. And then yeah. she did actually dry quite quickly. Yeah. Um, I think it was kind of like, it was kind of, I don't want to say British weather, but it was kind of like what we have over here or like in um, like Florida, for example, where it's mm-hmm. raining, chugging it down, but it's hot. But it's hot, yeah. So I think the track was drying quite quickly. And obviously as they were going round and round and round, like the tyres were drying it out. And then people started going on to intermediates and then others were going, I want to wait until it gets to slicks. Which first of all, I was thinking, are you mad? Like we like it might not even get to a point where you can get on slicks. But then actually, when I when they were kind of showing more of the track, I was thinking, actually, like the racing line is looking pretty dry. Mm. And um it was obviously um because there was that bit with Gasly overtaking Daniel and he had to hold on so much. Mm. It was like me when I drive down the A2 <laughs> in the wet and I'm trying to hold on as much as I can. And I was thinking, I've done that. Except and that they're going like twice like, as fast <laughs> as what you are. Three twice or three times the speed is what I'm doing down the A2. But yeah, the <laughs> amount of control they had to keep that. But yeah, you could yeah. kind of see that the bits which they were actually driving on were getting dry quite quickly, but the rest yeah. of the track was still pretty damp. Mm. And then obviously people started going on slicks and started getting fast, like faster laps and everything. And then Latifi, actually, before we got onto that. Oh my God, Latifi. Latifi, Latifi. behind the safety car. I know, I was just about to say that. Not even the first lap and he already drove into the wall and his excuse was the car didn't turn. Yeah, the car didn't turn. (sighs) It's like, really, Latifi? Really? I mean, he is kind of a goat though because his crash sort of did help Max win the championship. Um, so I will always have him in my good books for that. But can I have my daily Hamilton rant, please? Thanks. Um, so I was watching the highlights on Channel Four, which was awful. If Channel Four are listening to this, your presenters—they <laughs> were all talking at the same time. They were all witting themselves of how excited they were getting. I didn't have a fucking clue what was happening. The camera was showing something completely different to what they were talking about. So it was a very stressful viewing for me. But one thing they did pick up on was when Hamilton was stuck behind Ocon. So this was quite early in the race. And he said on the radio, I can't exactly remember the exact words he said, but it was something along the lines of, of he can't do this anymore. He needs to let me through or something like that. And I was sitting there and thinking, Lewis, look, Ocon is as much trying to defend his place as what you would be if it was the other way around. It's like, you can't expect someone to move out the way and just fucking bow down and let you pass. Like you need to, you need to work for that position. And in the end he did get past him, but it's the little comment like, Oh, well he needs to let me pass. Why? If the roles were reversed, you wouldn't let him pass. Um, and again, like I just don't understand what's happened to Lewis this year. And I just don't get why he's not performing and they've not really said anything as to, well, not that I've seen anyway, as to why that is, whereas there's all these rumours going around about Daniel and Zach being horrible to him and all this, that and the other. But when Lewis is, like, trying to perform, they just don't mention anything. I don't know, I I just find it really weird. And I just really didn't like the way that he sort of spoke about Ocon like that on the radio. Mm. Especially since he was the whole one which made the big thing last year of, like, watching what you say on the radio because of, like, young kids. Yeah. And he kind of yeah oh my god on here it says um 
Toto Wolf believes the pendulum will swing in Hamilton's favour after a string of unlucky situations. There's no unlucky, unlucky situations. It's just Ferrari are way better than them this year. <laughs> I think the, the, I think what they, they don't want to admit that he's not doing well because obviously they bigged up that he's that that he's a seven-time world champion. Mm, but don't they don't want, they don't want to admit that he's just not driving well. And because no. I saw a bunch of because I'm um, obviously F1 have been posting like every week by George McGain like his top five finishes and i'm very very happy about that and obviously mm. I, they had they posted one yesterday i think it was so i decided to look on the comments on facebook just to see what people put and somebody put it's time that mercedes gave lewis george's car because that is obviously the better car because he deserves it more right and i was like okay uh. all right <laughs> I was thinking, how dumb can you be? <laughs> I think it's a difficult situation when you talk about like the driver's cars because, in a way, yes, they are different. Like it's all based around how the driver performs, and obviously there'll be different settings on each car to test like what option would be better for them and how they know. Like, do you know what I mean? Like they look at the driver's rates of driving and and then they sort of correlate that to how the car should perform. But at the end of the day, like, how long has Lewis been at Mercedes for now? Seven, eight years? Ten? Is that a ten? Zero. Nine. Oh, a nine. <laughs> Back to zero, front nine. yeah, zero. He's been there. Um, yeah, so he's been there for nine years. Um, and he, like you said, he has seven world champions. So maybe they should know what they're doing with him. I don't know. For me, it's just really weird, and I just want to know an answer as to why he's not performing as well. I mean, not that it affects me. I'm quite happy with him being down in fucking sick or whatever. But All I know is that if I was Bono... I think I would have quit. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but also the reason why Mercedes, because it's Ferrari in the constructors, then Mercedes, then McLaren. But um, the only reason why Mercedes has managed to get second is because of George's continuous um, like string of finishes. Like he hasn't dropped. He's got a podium and then the, the last, the, what's the word? The least amount. No, that's not right. Then the furthest down he's got, Right, yeah, that'll work. The furthest down he's got is fifth. So it's like, you know, from third to fifth, it's been consistent every single race. So George is the one bringing in the points for Mercedes at the moment. To be honest, I'm not mad about it. He deserves it more. <laughs> he does. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've been so happy with how, like, he's been doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, yeah, I think it's because, in a way, while he's desperate, he knows how to control his desperation. Yeah, make the most of what he's got. Yeah, and um, and yeah, he's been doing a really, really good job, and um, and I'm I'm glad to see him doing well because I was kind of nervous when, I mean, I was excited when he was going to Mercedes, but I just kind of thought, like, what if like he really just kind of like crashes and burns because mm. like people last year were doubting him, saying that he was overrated and stuff like that, and I thought so many people said that. But look at him now. <laughs> I know. So many people said was, last year that he didn't deserve the and seat. And then Martin and David were, were calling him Mr. Sunday. And I was like... <gasps> <laughs> it's true, though, because, like, he does he does okay in qualifying, but Sunday's, like, where he actually performs. Mm. Um, and, yeah, he is sort of a Mr. Sunday. That crash for Mick was bad. I don't even understand how that even happened. For, for him to hit the car in 
whatever place he did for it to then rip in half mm. is like that's actually kind of scary because you know what that could have been another grocery situation if the, if he had hit that car in the wrong place the fuel tank was exploded or something yeah i mean i was getting ptsd just kind of seeing a has split into mm. like again <laughs> i was thinking like oh, uh, God, yeah. not again. oh god not again it's practically the same colors of yeah just the only thing is he didn't go through a barrier this time no but i think what did actually help him was the fact that he lost speed when he clipped the right yeah the first corner yeah 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 and then bounced off like a ping pong ball yeah i mean i just can't really even imagine what that must feel like Mm. like for drivers i just kind of what was actually nice though i mean obviously the crash wasn't nice but what was kind of nice to see was like magnuson actually sort of like seeing if he was all right and stuff like that yeah um, and he but, was mad as well because obviously oh, magnus didn't even start the race because he had issues with his car no, um, he didn't start the race did he he did how when, what lap did he go out then about lap 17 ish really yeah it was oh, well, I missed that. water pressure loss in the car oh so magnuson was out on lap 17 17 what am i saying so basically, Aaron and I noticed that he'd been in the pit for a long time and we're thinking, right. he ain't coming out. See, this um, is the issue of watching the highlights. They don't tell you things like this. No, but basically, they didn't even say about Magnussen. Like, Aaron right. and I noticed he'd been in the pits for a while, but they hadn't said anything. Right. So the only reason I found out the... Um, well, the only way that I found out why was because I looked on the Haas social media to see where they posted uh, okay. and then they put it on there. And I so, see. Yeah, Magnussen had a water pressure loss, which meant he couldn't carry on with the race. And then obviously met Caddy's crash. Yeah. yeah. They didn't say anything about Magnussen. Like they didn't like even acknowledge that the graphic has said that he'd been in the pits for about three different laps. Um, mm. So yeah. But I felt, I actually felt sorry for Haas because they've, I did too. Done, they've, they've been done doing really well. Reasonably all right this season mm, they have been reasonably right. had a lot of kind of like um double sort of retirements but this year this was off like this was their first one and i actually yeah. feel sorry for for Haas. i mean technically they're eighth at the moment but they have 15 points which is only two points behind alpha tauri mm. so to be honest they are doing very good and, and those... aston martin's even below them mm. well yeah I mean, we know how Aston Martin doing. But I think, I mean, I said this during the race because obviously both Stroll and Latifi were kind of like clipping barriers and stuff like that. And I said that these Canadian drivers should not be in F1. Because isn't it just funny that the two Canadian drivers are A, two of the worst on the grid at the moment, (laughs) and B, both come from rich dads. (laughs) Yeah, they're both pay drivers as well. So sorry oh. if you're fans of um, Latifi and Stroll. Latifi, but... Latifi the goat. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, maybe it's a Canadian thing. I don't know. Um, I just had a mini half stack because I went on the driver standings and I was scrolling through and I couldn't see Max's name and I was like, what the fuck? And then I realised that he's in the top, but he's in a different colour to everyone else because <laughs> he's in first place. And then I was like, okay, he's there. <laughs> um, Alonso. Alonso and Lewis. Alonso, our saviour. I voted for him oh, for driver of the day. Oh, Alonso. I love Alonso. <laughs> Honestly, it was just, it was so funny watching it. It was funny. 
um and I, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, watching it, I'm thinking, because this is what, like, the third time now that Lewis has been stuck behind him this year and has, like, bloody hated every second of it. It was more. The best bit was where he said to Bono, how far ahead are the leaders from me? Mm. And Bono couldn't bear to say, because, like, Crofty was saying this, he was going, you could just tell that Peter Bonington didn't want to tell Lewis that they were 50 seconds behind the leaders. And and obviously he was going, like, oh, how far ahead are the leaders from me? And Bono kind of mumbled something, and he went, actually, it's better to say that they're behind you. And he was going, they're behind me. And, oh, it was just, it was just amazing. Like, it was just so funny. And it was kind of like watching the tracking. Obviously, like, all oh, the leaders over here. And then everyone else around here. here. It was a very split up grid in two groups, practically the majority of the way through I the mean, race. There was literally a point where Alonso was about 40 seconds behind Lando. Mm. And, yeah, it was just so funny. And because, obviously, they said to him, save your tyres. So he took that very, very literally and saved his tyres. But then... yeah. And then obviously they were saying like, oh, like Lewis. I, I mean, I just saw more stupid Mercedes comments the other day because somebody said, oh, if it wasn't for Alonso, Lewis would have won the race. Thinking, let's be real. Yes, he would have definitely have won he that race. Definitely won the race. Definitely would have won uh, that race. But yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I remember seeing that comment. I was thinking like, yeah, let's be truthful. He was nowhere near that win no. or podium. No. So, um, um, but even he no. was kind of falling back from Alonso. So Alonso yeah. was losing him. Yeah. So, so um, obviously, our only Mones, Mon- Monesque, <laughs> Monesque, what was it? Monegasque. Monegasque. I was very far away from that. Our <laughs> only Monegasque driver is Charles Leclerc. And obviously, every single chance that he's got to race at Monaco, he's managed to crash, including Nicky Lauda's car a few weeks ago, um, which I laughed at when I saw it on social media because I was like, yeah, why wouldn't he? Of course he did. I have to lie. Oh, I can't lie. I did too. Yeah, I was like, yeah, of course he did. I didn't expect anything less from him. Um, but obviously, he did well in qualifying. Um, and he genuinely thought that this, well, I genuinely thought that this might be his chance to have his podium in his home race. I mean, technically, he knows those streets better than anybody else because he lives there. He literally lives there. He literally drives around that. Half the group <laughs> lives there as well. But Well, yeah, that's true. But he's born and raised there, you know? Do you know what I mean? So, um, Lucky devil. I really did think, I honestly thought that he was going to do it this week. Honestly thought he was going to do it, but he didn't. Um, and most of the reasons why he didn't was because of that little uh, miscommunicate. Well, I don't really know if it was a miscommunication. Um, change of plans at the last minute, which then brought two Ferraris into the pits at the same time. Um, and by Charles' radio uh, reaction, he was not happy about that. Um, obviously, his engineer told him to come in and then just yelled, stay out at him. And it kind of made me remind, uh, it kind of remembered me of the Timmy moment. But like, stay out, stay out, stay out. Uh, it's like, too fucking late now. It's too fuck fucking sake. late now. Fuck's sake. Um, he said he was way more angry than what Kirby was. Um, and I mean, it was almost. I reckon they were close to actually, um, because there was an unsafe release as well, wasn't there? Um, in the pit stop at one point. But I genuinely thought that they were gonna like, like Charles was gonna fucking like 
get out of the car and punch someone because he was just so mad. Um, and it I remember listening to of 1998 at Monaco when um, was it at Monaco? Oh no, it was at Spa. It wasn't at Monaco in 1998 at Spa when it was another wet race. And uh, Michael Schumacher crashed into the back of um, David Coulthard. Oh, yeah. And they both had to retire and he runs down the pits. And there's Murray Walker going, oh, he's furious. He's rushing down the pit lane. He's saying, I'm going to the stewards. And he didn't. He goes down to McLaren and nearly punches David Coulthard in the face. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching that. And that was in the Schumacher documentary, wasn't Mm. it? Mm. Um, Yeah, so I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, there's going to be like fucking fisticuff here. But um, luckily they both came out. And um, even though Charles didn't get on the podium in the end, I feel like he still did a good job. And unfortunately, I don't think it it wasn't his fault as to why he didn't get first or why he didn't get in the podium. It was a team communication error. Um, These things happen. You can't be perfect all the time. But unfortunately, it it was a bit of a bummer to see Charles done dirty like that, to be honest. Yeah, it was... It was heartbreaking because while I'm not the biggest Charles fan, he has been very, very unlucky. And what happened to him was not his fault. No. And yeah, I can imagine that he felt very done over Mm. by his team. I mean, even the signs was upset. Like when they first, when they drove up to the um, first, second and third markers, like when the race had finished, um, he got out of the car and, it was David, was it David Coulthard that was doing the post-race interviews? Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he said, like, you know, I know it's a disappointing finish, how, like, how, like, it was a tough race, blah, blah, blah. And even Carlos didn't seem happy, like, at all. He seemed really kind of annoyed. Um, so I do feel bad for them, though, because they were doing so well. But little Perez, our little star oh. of the show, golden boy, just signed a two-year contract with Red Bull Golden Boy. Um, he just did so well. I know. I mean, I nearly cried watching him cry Aww. on the podium. Like, when they were playing the Mexican National Anthem, like, the, the Monogasque band. And, um, yeah, what like, watching him cry while listening yeah. to the Mexican National Anthem... It was, oh my God. It just shows how much they actually do value him mm. in the team. Like, mm. I mean, I while he is still the second driver, it shows that because he is delivering for him, they are they do value him. They do appreciate mm. him. And after about 10 years in F1, being in lower teams, that didn't appreciate him. He has finally found his place at Red Bull. I agree. And I'm actually really happy about it because, I mean, I say this about a lot of drivers, but again, he was another one which was kind of always there, but because they weren't getting the results, you never really kind of paid attention to them. Yeah. Now that he's had three wins under his belt, like he's doing really, really well. Mm -hmm. He is doing well. And I think it feels so... I don't know what the right word to describe it is. I mean, obviously, whenever a driver wins, they're extremely happy that they've won. But, you know, after watching Max and Lewis win over and over and over again, the fact that we get to see a driver like Perez, who really does deserve it, and like you said, even though he's a second driver, when you see him on that podium, 
he it's like a brush of like a fresh air do you know what I mean like he just looks so happy and I'm not saying that Lewis and Max or whatever don't look happy when they've won but it's they've won you know (laughs) so many times but like you said for this to be Perez's third win with Red Bull he just looked over the moon like it was like you said it was emotional it was so emotional watching it it was oh it was you like nobody knew what to say really like what no everyone just kind of because obviously normally like david and martin still kind of talk oh excuse me i was to finish those burgers and burping all over the place mm. um like normally they kind of say a few bits during like the national anthems but like nobody knew what to say like all eyes were on checo in that moment and like i was just so proud of him um, yeah, he's been doing so well, and he's he's proven that he did deserve to say an F one. Like it's hard to imagine that at the end of November in 2020, he was at risk of being kicked out of F one because he couldn't mm-hmm. find a seat, and mm-hmm. now here he is, the the 2022 winner of the Monaco Grand Prix, a race which is so hard to win. Yeah. Um, and he's done so so well and I'm very I feel like the fact that it's Monaco as well probably means more because obviously he won uh the Mexican did he win the Mexican Grand Prix no no he was on the podium for the Mexican Grand Prix when did he come did he come to oh really I thought he came to Um, yeah because obviously Monaco is such like a historical race as well like do you know what I mean it's one of the Mm. oldest races and for him to to for anybody to win at Monaco is pretty darn special and it's normally a different person that wins it most years so yeah I just really happy for him and when I heard when you guys told me that he'd signed another two-year contract they obviously believe in him enough it must have been a great weekend for him really I mean and he's just had he's just been named a new dad again yes and he's got he's got a new kid he's got a win at Monaco he's got an extra two years you know the money's rolling in he's got everything now he's got everything Bless his little con socks. I'd love to meet Perez. He seems like such a lovely guy. Oh, I know. I mean, I would. I just want to imagine what his dad would have been like. Back he would have been Mexico. so happy. <laughs> he would have been so so happy. Um, but but yeah, I think a lot. The Monaco Grand Prix. I mean, a lot of people have sort of been saying about his future, and a lot of people mm. say that it's boring. And while it may not be everyone's cup of tea it has always been my favorite race yeah um growing up I was always so excited for Monaco mm. just because it is Monaco mm. and I was sort of saying to Aaron like people like people will actually miss the grant like Monaco if it goes off the calendar like while yeah. people sort of slate it and say that it's so boring I think deep down people will miss it if it goes Mm. and I think especially when you take into consideration Monaco has been a Grand Prix track longer than Formula One has been a thing Mm. like Formula One was um was started in 1950 Monaco has been a Grand Prix track since 1929 and so like you've got 20 like 21 years before Grand Prix racing was kind of really a proper thing. Yeah. It's all it's always been like that. And it's always been my favorite race. And I would be devastated if it actually went. Because yeah, it's not the most entertaining, 
but it's based on strategy and it's just historic. There's ounces of history just oozing off the entire track. And I, I think Monaco have to have their lines painted all year round just just for the Grand Prix. Yeah. Sorry, I've just got to get my charger off. Done him. Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, my sort of whole opinion on the Monaco thing is um, lots of people hate street races. Lots of people don't like Australia. Lots of people don't like the new, I mean, I don't like the new fucking Azerbaijan street, street race. What, 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 Saudi Arabia? Yeah, it's, it's awful. Um, and I don't like Azerbaijan and I don't like... Um, Oh my god! Let me start again. That just didn't wait. Let me just let me just start that whole sentence again. Um, lots of people hate certain street races, um, including Monaco and Australia. And I hate Saudi Arabia because it's not a street race. They tried to make it one, and it's just not. Anyway, but um, I think yeah, it's going to be weird if Monaco gets taken off because at the end of the day, like the cars get made bigger and bigger, and the streets aren't getting bigger. But the fact that we only have really two good street races in the entire F1 calendar, it's it's something different. I mean, like, yeah, like you have rings like Spa and um, Imola, and I absolutely love those races. But when you get a street race, it's a different race. And like you said, it is based off of strategy. Mm. So I don't know, I feel like they get rid of it. Like you said, I do think you're right. Like people will begin to get bored of the other races because you haven't got anything to mix it up. Yeah, the thing is, like, I know they want to bring, like, new kind of, like, races onto the calendar. Oh, Las Vegas. I forgot about that. But, That's technically a street race. Yeah, that is technically going to be a street race. And obviously Miami was technically a street race as well. Yeah, Miami as well. Wow. But, well, street race was done in the car park, but what could <laughs> um, But, yeah, I mean, people always, can like, sort of complain about, like, everyone's always complained about Monaco. Oh, like, yeah. Throughout history. But it's brought some really amazing races like i mean i I keep going about 1996 but 1996 was kind of showing how fun monaco can be in the wet like in the dry yeah you kind of stay in your same positions but especially Mm -hmm. this weekend where people were taking gambles Mm -hmm. um, we're changing their tires and obviously people were sliding all over the place that is what monaco can be it can be exciting and this race was like you were so on edge because you were like Perez might win, like George might not come in the in the top five, like Lando might reach him. Like you had all this stuff going on, and it just shows that Monaco can be exciting. Yeah, and people would miss it if it went. And like when I was before I even appreciated F one, I've always loved Monaco, and yeah. I would I would actually cry if if it if it left because it's always been my favorite race and they always say that drivers want to win two races in their career their home race and monaco Mm -hmm. because monaco is the is the race and Yeah. yeah i i think a lot of people would kind of go actually monaco wasn't that bad because some of these some of these other races they're bringing in like yeah i can kind of see the appeal but they're just, it's just money grabbing. And like, do you know what also for me kind of makes me feel a little bit sad when people talk about it leaving is that 
obviously you've got all these like new races coming in like the Middle East and you've got like Saudi Arabia and Jeddah and Azerbaijan and Baku and all of this it's like well Baku well Azerbaijan's been there for quite a while now yeah but it's because of the place that it's in like that whole area in general goes against everything that F1 Azerbaijan's actually a bit different yeah but they're still the same though it's all about money that's the only reason it it is about money yeah it's actually like Baku (laughs) I know it's all about money and like most of the places in the Middle East don't really their views are different let's just put it that way (laughs) not getting too much into it um and I feel like for us to have another race that could be over there instead of having Monaco it kind of makes me sad and like you said it is historic um if we lost Monaco how long would it be until we lost other races like Spa yeah or even Silverstone like yeah how can we how can you get rid of the place where Formula One was born. Mm. Like how I don't I feel know like how people Spa and, and um although as dangerous as Spa is, I feel like Spa and, and uh Silverstone will probably be alright for a while. But um I mean it's like this back in the fucking days they used to race at Browns Hatch. Can you imagine trying to get an F1 car around Browns Hatch now? You'd ten on the grid would be like half However, we would track. go every single year. <laughs> Can you imagine? Brands Hatch isn't big enough for an F1 race. No. It's tiny. <laughs> but, if, but if but if it was, we would definitely go. Oh, We'd go every year. I would literally... we, wouldn't even, we wouldn't even have to camp because no, we, we would just have to drive. Yeah, we would literally just fucking... We could literally walk there. We literally could. It would take an hour to walk across the fields. It would, it would take a while, but we could walk there. Yeah, I've done it before. I've walked to Horton Kirby loads of times, practically the same place, just up a little bit you know yeah but actually it's not really it's a bit further than that but oh well um but yeah I just I don't know I feel like it's a long hard debate and I know there's lots of questions going around about whether it will be taken off the calendar but I guess we'll just have to cross that bridge when we come to it yeah it's up to it's up to people yeah it's not up to us at the end of the day is it it's up to the FIA um but yeah I mean Monaco 2022 was was excellent and if that is the last ever monaco grand prix and it hurts mm. me to say it if it is yeah. then i'm glad in a way that it is checo which has won it um it could not have happened to a nicer guy and i think it showed him especially after spain where he was questioning how much they actually valued him um that they do actually value him as a driver yeah but while he is technically still number two to Max, he is part of the part of the team, and yeah, and then he jumped into the pool. Oh yeah, <laughs> that Red Bull pool, the classic pool. <laughs> However, what is sad about Baku is that there's no Tez notebook. There isn't. No, Tez oh. not there. Oh, Tez mate. He said what? that. He said that him and Simon Ted. are. Are going on a pottery course in Stoke on Trent. <laughs> are they actually? <laughs> so he said there's no Ted notebook in Azerbaijan because oh, he's not there. Give <laughs> me, mate. Well, I mean, Ted got absolutely soaked. He had to hide out at Williams. Oh, and then Williams oh. gave him. Did you see that? 
um, Joss Capito came out and based and like Ted said, "Oh, thank you for letting me hide here." And Joss said, "Oh, that's all right." He said, "Here's a banana." And Ted went, "Why are you giving me a banana?" And they said, "Because we look after you." Aww, <laughs> a little banana while you're soggy in the rain. <laughs> okay, well, shall we uh, finish this up now? Yes. We got nine percent on my iPad, and it's going to die. Lovely. Okay, so yeah, guys, that was the Monaco Grand Prix. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll be back next week to talk about not next week in a couple of weeks. The week after to talk about what we're talking about next week, what races we've next week. Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan. <laughs> and, then and then it's Canada and then, then. Oh. <laughs> which will oh, be coming to you live yeah. from our tent if we're that. not hungover <laughs> or drunk oh, I probably won't be <laughs> yes you will be <laughs> Sunday night is the night that we drink big nice Sunday night's the night where our second washing up bar becomes a sick bar <laughs> it'll be fine Hopefully we got not. Sunday night, Sunday night will be the night where we're sleeping on the floor because we've rolled off of the blart bed. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be smelly because we won't be having showers because we'll be too drunk and everybody will be partying when Max crosses that line in first place. <laughs> Fuck Lewis. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's finish this episode and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Lights Up Podcast. And we will see you again later. Bye. Bye.